Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. I am joined today by Rihanna Campbell, live from Washington, D.C. I am live in Melbourne. It's 10.30 a.m. in the morning here. Rihanna, what time is it there in Washington? It is 6.30 p.m. in the evening. 6.30 p.m. Uh, a contrast and a contrast not only in the time but in we talked about this just off camera before Rihanna was a little bit envious because I've got the sunshine here the summer is on the way in Australia whereas winter is certainly on the way in 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 the states yes now Rihanna built grew and sold a multi-million dollar real estate business but that is not where she started she started as a single teen mom and we are going to be here exploring that today and what really drove Rihanna's hunger for the hustle in that journey and getting that done. So Rihanna, welcome to the show. I would Thank love for you. you to tell us a little bit more about, about that journey, about how it was for you and about really where it all started. Yeah. So, I mean, it was so challenging when I was a teenager and, you know, I found myself pregnant at 17, my senior year in high school. And, um, you know, with that came, you know, all my hopes and dreams shattered. I think, you know, when I looked at motherhood, I thought that I would have to set all of my own desires to the side and just focus on raising this kid and not messing her up. And, you know, I, I put that off for a while, but something inside me just had to do something. I had the drive. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I had a gift that I had to share with the world. And so, um, you know, I, I, I took on motherhood with some fierce responsibility. And when I found my opportunity, I took it and I, I, you know, started my journey from there. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I love, I love the, the hunger for the hustles coming through already. I can't wait to explore some more of it. <laughs> Now, now, how how long after you after you had your child did did the opportunity come up to get into real estate, and how did that come about? So I, um, so I, I think when my daughter turned five, when she got into elementary school, and I put her in public school, so I wouldn't have to keep paying for it, was when I decided that I no longer had to work a full time job and I could get my education, um, and so I went back to college. Um, after I dropped out very early on when she was young and um, decided to get my degree. And a couple years in, got thrown into uh, an internship at a mortgage banking uh, a brokerage firm and got exposed to what real estate was like from the loan side of things. And that just sparked my interest from there. That was exactly what I needed to really start digging into real estate the way that I wanted to. So, so, so you, you found an opportunity, you seized it, you thought I better, better study this. So I have a, a good understanding of it. Right. Uh, and you did the schooling, you found a good position, but at this point where you, you know, you, you got to the stage where you built, grew and, and sold this multi-million dollar business. Did you have those big dreams at the start or did they kind of form as you were going along? Yeah, they formed as I was going along. So after I did my mortgage loan experience, um, after my internship, I decided to get a job there during the summer. And I worked during the summer, loved doing mortgage loans, but really loved working with people and educating people on what it was like to buy a home. And I knew that there was something else there and loan mortgages was a little too limiting for me. 
So I went and got my education, my real estate education. After I had gotten my degree, um, I went to uh, just learn more about real estate and real estate investing. And after that, I learned about wholesaling and what it was like to wholesale in real estate and decided, okay, that would be a good place for me to start because it seems like I could get some quick cash. And I ended up posting a bunch of signs, letting people know that I was a wholesaler in the area and got a bunch of calls from investors who owned um, real estate. And this was during 2008, during the mortgage crisis. There were so many investors who were having a really hard time because they did they had tenants who weren't paying rent um, and they just didn't know where to turn. And that thrust me into property management, which is not what I studied at all. <laughs> it was just something that I had to learn as I as I went along. But real estate was never going to be a job for me. It was just going to be a little side hustle business. And I knew that in order for me to take care of my family, I needed to bring an income. So I was going to have to find a job. So I had my full-time job and I had my real estate business. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I just, I, I started just learning one little thing and then another little thing. I started doing um, home renovations. I was flipping properties for tenants and working with uh, one investor who just owned maybe 30 properties in my area. I, he let me kind of do what I wanted to do. And then I realized that I, I wanted to work with a different demographic, de demographic of people. Um, the investor that I had was kind of a slumlord and I wasn't too keen on that um, and decided like, okay, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me just kind of revisit and, and think about who I wanted to work with. So I partnered up with another uh, real estate business owner and we together grew this really amazing business. But again, started off with the idea that it was just going to be a little side money, that it was just going to be, you know, kind of a side business and wasn't too sure exactly how it was going to take off and when it was going to take off. But it was something to do in addition to my full time job until that didn't work mm. out. <laughs> until that yeah, it, it, I, know, I know how that goes I've done that I've done that transition did, did it how did it play out for you was it that you just got to a point where you're like well I'm earning more money here than I am here or I don't have enough time to 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 give to the people that I work for anymore like which one was it yeah <laughs> You know, when you first start in business, you're dedicating so much time and not getting the payout. So very early on, I, it wasn't that I was collecting any of the money. <laughs> it was just it was just something that I saw that was really blossoming and wanted to continue to dedicate time to it. So I took a risk. Um, I got to a point with my full time job that I wasn't as focused as I should have been. And it became more of a burden than a joy. And I realized that I had to make a decision that if I was going to do a good job in the business, I couldn't continue to work full time. So I went out on a leap of faith and hoped for the best and took a pay cut and just kind of made it work. And it just it it ended up obviously working out really well. But at the time, felt like a decision that I wasn't too sure made sense for me, given that I had a young family to take care of. Yeah. Now, something you touched on there that you, you, you paired up, you collaborated with someone to help grow the business. 
Do you think, um, I mean, let's talk about the value of that because I think that's something that's really valuable. You know, do you think you would have done it on your own without collaborating with someone else as a partner? So or, I, or do you, I started off yeah. it on my own and that was, that was a good experience. I think one of the things that is challenging when you're starting a business is when it's not making money, you, it's hard, you have a hard time paying people to really work with you. And like everything, you know, business, life, it's a team sport. And so the more people you have involved, the better. But when you're first starting as an owner of a business, you're not expecting to make any money. You're just knowing that you're putting your effort in and you'll get some type of payout at some point in time. And you're hoping for the best. But you have to find people, especially like, you know, I hired some of my friends to work for me very early on, but I had a very small budget. I had, you know, little to no money to be able to really get people who um, were going to do work for me. But finding someone else, another partner, they're just as invested in the growth of that business as you are. And it's a different perspective than hiring an employee. And so very early on, it was good to have a business partner that was just really dedicated to making the company grow and pouring the time and the energy and the effort not knowing what kind of payout it was going to bring and not even having a salary um at that point at the very beginning stages so mm. I, and i can imagine and, and we always talk about challenges on this show because it's a space where you're in in the challenge and you got to grow you know you either you either choose to fail fold and quit or, or you choose to, to carry on, to push forward and to grow. And I'm sure that particularly, I, I know from my own experience, when you start a new venture, new business, the challenges come thick and fast. So perhaps you could share a few of the challenges you had with us. Yeah, I feel like there are so many different stages of business that you're not quite sure what you've gotten yourself into. Um, I felt over my head so many times. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, when you hire people and they start depending on you for a job, that's when it really gets real. You know, it's more than just your investment. You have people who are counting on you to continue to pay them so that they can live their life. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of one of the first uh, challenges was hiring and hiring right, not just hiring like someone who's going to hustle and make whatever money and then leave, but hiring someone who was like a real dedicated employee who saw your business as being something real and wanting to dedicate their time and energy into it and then paying them and being able to maintain that salary um, no matter what happened. That was, I think, one of probably the, one of the most nerve wracking experiences <laughs> to even begin with. And then the business had ups and downs. You know, there were times when I wasn't too sure what I was doing. I mean, I was flying by the seat of my pants. I didn't know, I, you know, I didn't have any formal training um, in it. I didn't really have a formal business education. Um, and so I just kind of learned as I went along and made some mistakes. And some of them were pretty costly mistakes. I had, you know, lawsuits come my way. I had, you know, people who wanted to sue me and, you know, we had to settle and, you know, like things like that really make you question why you're in business. You know, when things get really challenging, you start to wonder, you know, am I doing this for the right reason? Why am I doing this? Is this okay? Um, 
Well, then when you keep pushing along and keep going, you keep growing and you realize like, okay, I think I have something here and it's worth something. There's something of value here, even though it's not a ton, um, you start realizing that there's something there that you should keep pushing through. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think in, in those moments where you become aware that you now have a bigger responsibility, you're not just paying for yourself and your own livelihood, but the people you employ, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. And, and when those, you know, those other challenges come, I know people are very fond of suing people in America. Um, and, and obviously, unfortunately, that happened to you, it happened to you a couple of times. There. But it's, it's, it's about in business. It is a roller coaster, but I always say hold on tight because the rewards are well worth the ride of that roller coaster. But it's about not focusing, I think, on those those small moments in the micro in the moment because you can just get too lost in it and knowing that you're working towards a bigger picture and how does that bigger picture look? Okay, look, someone's got a, a lawsuit against me right now, but that's just right now and that will be done and I'll get through it and then we'll carry on trending and moving upwards. And yeah, I, I found a few times it's, easy to get lost in those little points and just get real frustrated with it. But you've got to step back, take a breath and look at the bigger picture and think, you know, why am I doing this? What am I working towards? And let that be the, the driver for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think once I started realizing I was helping people that I could actually mm. only help people, um, it started mm. becoming more than just a side hustle and more than just a job or a way of making money. It was, a business that had value in a way that kind of spoke to, you know, some of the things that I love in life, which is giving and serving. And so, you know, I had the opportunity to really serve people in a different way than I expected. And once that happened and I realized that it was happening, I started to feel differently about the business. And then it became something that wasn't even an option. It became something that I had to exist in order to serve a group of people who needed me. And then it, you know, then it was, it, it spun into something else. It spun into something very vital. I think that's a fantastic perspective to adopt, right? You know, anyone who has a business who's watching this, whether they have one or are thinking of starting one, you know, being aware, having the awareness that, okay, I may sell just a product or a service or I may develop a product or a service, but what's actually behind that, of course, yeah, it's fantastic and a side, almost a side bonus if you love what you do, that you get some monetary reward from it. But you're actually, what are you, how are you actually helping and serving people? Because there almost is always a way, I think, that you're helping and serving people. You know, you could just be selling them a product, but how does that product help them save time? Does it help them save time? Does it help them save money? Does it help them save effort? You know, there's um, for, for yourself, you know, you're putting roofs over heads at the end of the day. That's that's the basic way to look at it. Or, or you're giving people uh, a much more desirable place that they want to live in or perhaps renovating a place to, to something that looks like somewhere they want to live instead of somewhere they don't. So there's a lot of a lot of joy that comes from that a lot of good vibes and and yeah i think it's it's not always something that business owners look at a perspective of how am i helping and serving others but i find that really interesting that when, when you began to focus on that and that manifested and that grew then that kind of led to you having a very viable business and i'd i'd love to know going into some triumphs and, and wins now because of course let's talk about those you know how long after you after you had that realization that i'm helping and serving others here and this is really why I'm doing this, and this is fantastic, and and great that the bills start getting paid, the money starts rolling in. Because I mean, 
that's that's a really a good point of business <laughs> to get yeah. to. How long did it take you from that point till you till you were getting to you know millions of dollars business and and then obviously you sold it? Like how did that play out? Yeah, so it took a few years. I would say maybe four years before um, the business got to about a million dollars, <throat> and it was at that point. Um, I remember talking to the bank about purchasing a property as an investment. Um, and the banker said, yeah, sure. I'll lend you, you know, a million dollars to purchase something. And I was so surprised that I could even get a loan for a million dollars. I mean, that was, that's ridiculous amount of money to me. Like I could get a loan for a million dollars to purchase something. That's crazy. Um, hmm. So, other people and, and someone who I trusted in the banking industry recognized that the business was in a successful position. And so it started off at that moment that I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is real. Like I have, I'm part of this business that is really successful. And I didn't even realize or recognize how successful it was. And so after that, you know, the milestones just kept coming in. Like I just kept having moment after moment after moment that things got um, started to really make sense and, and the opportunities just kept coming. Um, but up until that point, I mean, it took, you know, that four year time period for me to realize like, OK, this is like this is a, a real thing. Like this is a real it's a real legitimate business and it's successful and it can actually continue um, and you know, this is, and it's hard work and trust me, it was very hard work. I questioned it every year, every year was so challenging, but, um, the wins of serving people and having them tell me, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And sending me like praise emails, um, sending like, thank you notes, uh, just having people's understanding of, how important the role I played really made a difference in every day. Um, and sometimes it was putting out small fires and sometimes it was putting out big fires um, and having someone turn around and say, Oh my gosh, I couldn't have done this without you. Or thank you so much. Like you don't know how much this means to me. I, I tried to pay attention to those because those are the ones that really make you want to continue to do business. Um, and then recognizing, I remember going to a business meeting, uh, a sales meeting where I was going to sell, pitch the business to, or services to um, uh, a group of people. And I left the meeting feeling like they can't get better service than me. And they need me. Like they need my business. They've been in a position where things went wrong. Things went horribly wrong. They were abused and mistreated by the service provider before me. And, you know, that was sad for them and I can help them. And there are things that I can do to make their lives better and bring them to a better place. And it's my responsibility to be able to do that. So once I acknowledge that situation once i acknowledged that that was my responsibility i knew that i had to just keep keep going um but i got to a point where the constant burnout and 
stress of having the business and working the business on the way that I was, was too overwhelming for me. Um, I think I, I got to a stage that I can remember specifically um, that, you know, this business was my baby and I wanted it to keep growing, but I didn't know where I fit in at anymore um, because it was running really well. Like things were running, um, things were growing, things were accelerating, but my role was changing throughout that process. And I had to recognize that my role maybe was not to be there and to let it run. Um, so I yeah. actually had a very um, uh, perfect moment where it was time for me to exit and I got the opportunity to uh, to exit and, and sell. And I mean, it just, it couldn't have been any more ideal as far as timing goes. Yeah, I think that's really interesting how it how it went for you because a lot of people go from and look, correct me if I might be wrong here. They go from, you know, being uh, an an operator of a business and then they usually switch to an owner, which is someone who's quite far removed from the daily operations. And then you know they might go to a point of of selling completely and and you know letting that go completely and taking that you know that big pay that big payday and quite quite rightly deserved but it seemed like you went perhaps from from operator right to selling is that kind of how it went there was no there was no like point between where you were the owner and you were overseeing yeah yeah no i went from I, I i had a turn of events and actually what ended up happening to me was i got pregnant um <laughs> for the second time and uh, when I when my baby came is when I realized that yeah. my attention uh, to one baby had to shift to the other baby. <laughs> um, so yeah. I had to I had my priorities just changed, and mm. that process of my priorities changing and my responsibilities changing, I, I realized that being an operator and being as involved in the business as I was couldn't continue in the same vein. Um, and so I took that opportunity to really completely focus on being a mother and, you know, shifted my my role completely to something different. So it was, again, like the perfect timing for me to um, pivot out of that of that business and, and really focus my time and energy on something else. Yeah, and what better a thing to focus your time and energy of than the birth of a new child, right? I, I don't have children, but I strongly, strongly believe that if, you know, um, two, if not one, parents can be around as much as they can for that first five years of a child's life, it's it's really going to help that child um, just be a wonderful person, essentially, you know, with a really good support network. So, I mean, I guess it gave you the opportunity to do that. And why not, frankly, if you can, you know, if you're in a good financial position and you and you can give um, your newborn that time and energy that you want to give to it, go for it, take it, seize it. So then so then, where are you at today? Are you still full-time mom today and just enjoying loving that? No, um, I mean, I just, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't help myself. <laughs> I had a feeling that there might have been something else that you got up to in the meantime. Yeah. So I, so one of the things I realized was when I was a mom the first time around with my youngest, when I started my business, it took away a lot of time um, from being around her and really spending with her. And so, 
you know, I sacrificed my blood, sweat and tears to pour into that business, which obviously afforded me the life that I have now. But this time around, I wanted to do things very different and very intentionally. And so because I have a, a lot more freedom financially, I'm able to create a business that fits into my life the way that I want it versus having something that takes up all of my time because I'm pouring all of my energy into it. Um, and so I've crafted my life with a lot more intention and I'm working my job, I'm working my business around my family time. And so, you know, I started because I have the experience that I have in real estate and I've been in real estate now for over 15 years and I've built this, you know, multi-million dollar company. I can teach other people how to do it too. I can teach people who are just getting started building their business. And I've been working with clients who have had their business for years and then trying to scale to the next level. And so I've been coaching them on really how to grow their business and really how to build it with a good foundation, create efficiencies, be profitable and grow it to multi-million dollar levels and beyond that so that they can really have the life that they want to have, whatever that looks like for them later on in life. Um, and so I do that and I do it in a way that it fits perfectly in with my life. And I can really dedicate the time and energy and effort into raising my family and really giving them the time and energy and dedicated, dedicated focus time with them so that they can grow their business. So it's a very different type of real estate business, but I love it. I love it. It's a great tr transition and you've managed to keep the continuity there of helping others and, and serving others, right? Because, uh, you know, you, as you said, 15 years in the game, you've got some serious gems there, some serious nuggets. And if people, it, you know, it's easy to start a business, right? I think I think a lot of people think it's really difficult. I think to actually make the decision you want to do it, it's quite easy. And with the thing that we're using right now, this thing that they call the internet, you know, which is now which level of maturity that everyone can take advantage of. Um, it's easy. It's easier than ever. But you, you, you get to a point, you know, I found I get to you get to a point in business where you hit stumbling blocks, you hit you hit just things on the road that you don't expect. And they always come at the time that you least expect them. And having someone that you can just have a chat with, you know, get some good, honest advice. They can tell you how Pat, they perhaps got out of that situation is just so, so valuable. So do you do you coach people just in, in the space of real estate businesses or all businesses? I focus on real estate specifically, but I have coached. I've done some coaching for a lot of small businesses. So I did a workshop this summer that was dedicated to um, women of color and helping them to start from zero and grow their business to um, the six-figure level. And that was really fun. It was a very short little project, but I enjoyed watching them grow and thrive. And I knew that by doing that, I was helping affect them personally and their family. Um, and that really brought me a lot of joy. Um, it's probably something I might do in the future again, but for right now, I focus more primarily on real estate. Yeah. A question I have to ask you, you know, having that, being in real estate for so long, and how do you think like 2020 has affected real estate? in the States? Yeah. So, I mean, I lived through and worked through the first real estate or the last real estate crisis, I should say in 2008. Right. And I saw a lot of families affected. I saw 
a lot of people go into foreclosure. I saw, but I saw on the flip side of that, I saw a lot of investors be able to invest in property. Um, and so, you know, there are people who, uh, you know, are, are, things are working really well. And then there, there are people who things are not working really well. Um, and it's kind of a mixed bag and it's challenging um, for a lot of people. But with the things going on right now, one of the challenges that I'm seeing, especially in the US market and DC specifically, is, you know, with COVID, um, they, a lot of states have implemented what's called an eviction moratorium, which means you can't evict a tenant for being in a property. Um, and that means like for a person like me who owns a, a rental property, if my tenant doesn't pay rent, I can't evict them and I can't put in someone who is a paying tenant. Um, now, if I am in a good financial position, I can pay for my mortgage and their mortgage. But if I'm not, and I'm put in a position where I financially cannot afford to pay for the expenses of a property that um, is no longer um, getting any cash flow. And so my prediction for next year is that there are going to be some landlords who are going to go into foreclosure because they have not had any mm. income coming in and are no longer able to financially support owning several rental properties. Um, so that'll start happening unless there's some type of relief, another relief bill that comes out or something like that. But I, mm. I suspect that there'll be some... Um, interesting moves in the market come early next year, um, depending on how this uh, pandemic continues to play out. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that some kind of relief or some kind of plan comes for people in that situation, because of course, there's winners and losers, you know, out of out of the situation. Um, but I think that that's pretty unfortunate and harsh. That you know, just from the outside looking in here, without knowing much background on how it already works, that. You know, you're really forced into a bit of a impossible situation there as a landlord, aren't you? You can't get the person who's in there who who who's not paying you the rent out. You can't get someone else who 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 can pay you the rent in. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a bit of a rock and a hard place, really. Um, but yeah. I mean, like you know, yeah, pretty pretty tough. But like you say, you know, my next question was going to be, you know. How long does the fallout take to happen? And, and you can we can see from 2008, you know, it takes a while, doesn't it? It really takes, you know, uh, 12 to 18 months to actually see it play out and, and the, the results of what initially caused it to happen actually, you know, take effect. Yeah, stuff like this. I mean, the last real estate crisis, um, you know, the effects of that lasted years. And so, you know, the fallout mm. of that, a while and it was progressive over time. Um, and so I expect to kind of see the same thing this time around during this crisis is, you know, we'll have the effects of this crisis that continue for years to come. Um, just because, you know, things don't just stop. <laughs> you know, there's no, you know, end, it, there's no particular end to something. It just kind of gradually fades away. Um, so I'm not too sure exactly what that's going to look like, but I expect it'll be something that affects us for a little while longer. Who knows, right? Who knows? That's the thing. Who knows? But one thing's for sure is that there will be, of course, opportunities that come out of this time, you know, whether they're 
cleverly disguised as obstacles, as challenges, as problems. You know, it depends on your perception and, and obviously the situation you're in. But there will be opportunities that come out of it for sure in the in the area of real estate. Um, there in Washington DC, throughout the United States, here in Australia and, and worldwide for people who are, you know, I think it'd be a good time, a good opportunity for people who perhaps aren't on the property ladder to pick up some bargains. Perhaps people who, who are on the ladder to get their first investment property, to get their first rental property, you know. Um, and I don't want to detract away from all the people that have had a bad result out of this situation. Of course, I'm empathic and I feel sorry for them, send them out all my love and blessings. But, you know, you have to say that there will be some opportunities that come out of it for sure. Yeah, and one of the things I've learned from you know, the last crisis is it can be mutually beneficial. You know, no one, it, it can be a win-win situation. They have investors who have money and then there are people who can't pay for their home. And instead of going into foreclosure, they are able to work with an investor who can relieve them of that burden. Um, so there are opportunities for people to get out of their very challenging situation. And then there are people who are able to take advantage of um, of that situation and help someone who's in need. So, I mean, it can be a win-win, um, even as challenging as it is, um, you know, because the worst case scenario is someone goes into foreclosure and no one wants to really go through that process. Um, so no. find someone who is uh, an investor to be able to sell your home to, then that's probably the better option. And so um, there are ways that yeah think things can definitely be mutually beneficial even um, in situations like this. Yeah, yeah, there's always many, many options, that's for, that's for sure. Now let's talk about the word hustle. Of course, it's key in the title of this podcast, Hunger for the Hustle, but I would love to know, Rihanna, you know, when you when you got pregnant at 17 um, and, and, you know, that would have, that would have, you know, I've seen it, it's, it sends some young ladies' lives in a certain path that's not always fantastic and amazing it's not always super productive but of course it didn't really stop you know inspired you to to create to motivate to drive and i'd love to know you know how you define that word hustle and what's really driven your hunger for it throughout so hustle for me means that i am driving forward i'm i mean i've always been a very driven person um but i've had the attitude that i I already have succeeded. I just need to figure out the path to get there. Um, and so mindset, I think, is, you know, 80% of, of success. I think, you know, doing the work is definitely worthwhile, but there are going to be ups and downs to everything that you do. And especially in business, there's, there's really high highs and there's very low lows. And there are times when you question whether or not you should continue um, but those are the moments where you have to decide that I can't turn back. There's no turning around. There's no exit plan. There is only forward. And that's the direction that I have to move. And I've always had that mindset that I, there, there's no option. I have to succeed. There's just no, there's no other, there's no plan B. There's only plan A, which mm -hmm. is success. And so um, that drive has always been there for me. And so I've, I've hustled and I've, you know, put my head down and I've done what I've had to do in order to get to the place where I've gotten to. Um, and every now and then I'll look up and I'll be able to recognize the success that I've had. But, um, you know, being able to really get a sense that there's there's no turning back, I think, is what hustle means. No. 
That's fantastic. I love the definition. It's to, to warm my street and U-turn certainly aren't allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? It's true. Yeah, um, if, so, so what are your, I'd love to know some, some goals and dreams, some aspirations of the things you're working on right now, you know, as, as a coach of, of what you talked about. Yeah, so I, you know, with the coaching that I've been doing, I've really been making an impact in people's lives. And I really want to feel uh, like I'm doing that on a broader scale. I want to affect more people. I want more people to grow businesses. I think entrepreneurship is uh, the path to financial freedom. I've been able to experience that for myself. And I want other people to experience that for themselves. Um, I think that having that option gives you a certain amount of control and stability. Um, and right now, there are so many people I see suffering. They're losing their jobs and, you know, they have their control is not there because they're not the ones who own their jobs. I think it's time for us to really own our own jobs. And that means going into entrepreneurship. And so, you know, I want to help people who are in the real estate space specifically and so I'm coming up with all types of different ways that I can coach people at the different stages that they're in. Um, and I wanna help a lot of people. Right now I'm creating a course to help them get started. So people who have the idea in their head but aren't too sure the steps that they can take to start. Um, so I'm, I'm creating something right now, should have that available starting January of next year. So I'll, I'm excited to be able to really launch that to the world. And, help more people become entrepreneurs and just get on that path to financial freedom. I love it. I love it. And um, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing, seeing the, the program to come together and what a great way to start 2021, you know, with a new project <laughs> ready to roll out. It's uh, that's great. Yeah. A great way to start. I know a lot of people start the year with, um, I forgot what they're called now. Uh, resolutions, of course, New Year's resolutions, you know, I've never been one to have resolutions. I'm like, I've got plenty of goals anyway. I reckon I'm <laughs> tracking along all right. <laughs> yep, of course, you know, um, just just make the goals, keep setting them, keep going for them. I think resolutions can be. They're, they're kind of like I look at them like a like a like a like a fad diet because you know <laughs> you, you, they're like you go you know everyone everyone's everyone's taken one up at some point. Most people haven't seen it out, and even if they do see it out, they go back to the old ways. They put the white back on. They end up looking just how they used to look. Yeah. You know, so I think <laughs> resolution to me seems to be almost quite a, has temporary value. It does. Yeah. I mean, saying that you're going to do anything in January, starting January first, doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if it's a goal, it should start now. <laughs> this should be something that you start right away. Um, I've always mm -hmm. been a goal-oriented person. So I've always had my goals for the year and I've always been, you know, driving towards those goals. I've always tried to be able to achieve and accomplish those goals and, and go in a certain direction. Um, so I've never been the type to have resolutions necessarily, but, um, you know, my goals tend to start in November before all the, all the January people. <laughs> Mine tend to start in November. So I reflect on the year and I create new goals for the next year and I usually implement them starting December 1st and um, really start to think about what I want my life to, to look like. And this year is funny. I did 20 years. So I, instead of doing one year out, I, I'm looking 20 years ahead and I'm really trying to plan out what my life is going to look like 20 years from now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I think everyone should do is really start focusing on some goals, not resolutions, goals specifically. Mm -hmm. 
achieving those and accomplishing those goals. Well, I've got to say you've inspired me there, Rihanna. I think I'm going to get started a, a lot earlier this year on, on next year's goals. I think uh, I've got a long drive coming up in the next couple of days. Um, Six-hour six hour drive, perfect time to get some voice notes mapped out and have a good thing. Yeah, yeah. or listen to a good book that's going to inspire you to create those goals. That's I love, mm, yeah. I love drive time. I, I use driving time yeah. to really like refocus and 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 look at things that i've done for the year and reflect and listen to other inspirational people so that i'm ready to like write my goals so yeah that might be a perfect time for that yeah and i tell you i'm listening to gary vaynerchuk's book crush it at the moment no crushing it sorry the second one on the audio version great book it's it's fired me up and inspired me particularly yeah. in the world of um creating content for my brand and, and yeah making sure that i'm producing enough of it and that it's it's quality stuff so um yeah really great book for anyone that's watching and, and thinking about you know getting started in business or or just making content for their personal brand any any of gary vaynerchuk's books crush it and crushing it i can see you nod smiling and agreeing so i guess you must have read them yourself <laughs> i haven't read that book in particular but i've read mm. gary books. um you know, one of my favorites is thinking grow rich i think i read that every year or two mm. Um, just because <laughs> I, I think I learned something new every time I listen to it. It puts me in a really good headspace to be able to make decisions. So um, that's one of yeah. my favorites. Yeah. There's, there's not many people that I, I meet in business who haven't heard, read, or seen that book in some form, whether they've just um, had it on the audio, had it on, on, the, yeah. on, on an actual physical book. Um, I don't think it's, it's, it would it'd be easy to say it's an overrated book, but let me tell you, once you've read it, you'll realize why everyone enjoys it. It's, exactly. it, it's a yeah. real, game, real game changer. Yeah, and a it's, real game changer. It's, homeless. it's something that I keep revisiting because every time mm -hmm. I, I uh, visit it, it's just my head is in a different mm -hmm. space and I absorb it in a different way. So I think it's, it's mm -hmm. one of those things that you can just keep revisiting over and over again. That's a great point. I mean, it was written in the early 1900s, but it, it's it's timeless. And, and the world was such a different place than, you know, the world's been through multiple huge changes as it has this year. But when it did then, you know, from like we had we had two world wars since it was written, essentially. Um, and it's just <laughs> completely, because the world's completely changed, but it's still so on point when you read it. It's And it's because of the things it talks about, which is a lot about the mind, that hasn't really changed for thousands, thousands of, well, hundreds of years, I would say. Um, so we get to the end of this wonderful interview, Rihanna. I've really enjoyed spending this time with you, learning more about your story, your hunger for the hustle, and what's coming up and what's on what you're working on now. But we usually close out this interview with three hot tips for any of the folks watching. And yeah, I would love three hot tips from you to just anyone that's watching this that wants to get started in business, you know, perhaps works with someone else right now and isn't happy, thinks, you know, as you said, they're aware that following the path of entrepreneurship leads to financial freedom. But, you know, how do they get started? What are the, what are the hot tips you would give them? Yeah. So my first is um, get your mind right. So always be in the frame of mind and have the mindset that you are a success. You just need to find the path to get there. Um, I think one of the things that's always challenging about business is if you're not all in, it can not go well. So um, definitely 
have your mind completely in the form of in just your vision and have blinders on and you are just focused and you and nothing can stop you. Um, I think what's great for that is like creating a morning routine where you pump yourself up every day and really just tell yourself how amazing you are and create routines where you're really building yourself up because it can get really challenging um, being an entrepreneur. So that's my, that's my first tip. My second tip is build a support network and have people around you that are going to encourage you to keep going and having the support you need and the people you need in your life that you can turn to and be vulnerable with and open up to when things get really challenging. Because I think we beat ourselves up and we tend to hold ourselves to this this high expectation that no one has for us. We, we really you know, make things very challenging for ourselves. And so I think sometimes we need to be brought back to reality and have a different perspective and, and having someone with an outside perspective who loves us, who wants to support us and wants us to see, be successful um, is really key in, in every point and stage of creating a business. And the last thing is, you know, if you already know, and just kind of having in your mind, if you already know that you were successful, what would you do? Like making that next right choice. Um, because you're going to fail and you're going to fail constantly. And I think, you know, the faster I can fail, the better for me, because then I can figure out what's the next thing I can do. So just knowing that you are already going to get there, that you already have that written for yourself. Success is already there. You just need to figure out the next step, that one little next baby step and take that next right step and then just keep taking the next right step until you get to your destination. So those are my three. I tips. love that advice. Yeah. Seriously, that is sage advice there for anyone that's, um, you know, in that space of thinking of starting and going out on their own doing their own thing and i don't think you know i think i don't think you could find a better time than now you know with the, with the way the world is the way the world's changing you know i think i think this is a time yeah good time where everyone's been had some quiet time some time to think some time to reflect some time to you know have some space away from people that they usually have a lot of contact with you know I know I've had <laughs> had some time away from a lot of people and I've realized actually some of them people I don't want to really spend much time with anymore because they were no good for me. They were no good. They didn't align with me, who I am, and, and, and the mindset I have. And something you've talked about multiple times here, Rihanna, on the podcast today is, is having the mindset of success and, you know, already seeing yourself as accomplished in whatever you're you're going towards, you know, the stoic mindset as a lot of people say, and I think there's a, a really, really, really big beneficial value to that in the world of business, you know, already seeing yourself as having achieved the goal and just knowing it's, it's already done, it's already there in your mind, you're already a success and, and you just actually just got to take the steps to make it play out and make it happen. Exactly. I think that's, uh, yeah, one major thing I've, I've, I've taken away from you today and it's, look, it's something I already knew, but it may not be something that the big guys watching you know, or watching now live or later, no. And um, I would just really attest to that. Yeah, even in, and it will help pull you through the times that are tough because absolutely. life is tough, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Rihanna, I'm going to drop your 
social media handle in the comments. Um, yep. But do you just want to tell the folks where they can find you and follow you and connect with you if they if they wish yeah. to do so? Um, my handle is Rihanna M. Campbell on all the social media platforms, so you can find me that way. Um, uh, you can also go to my website if you're interested in real estate coaching. It's www.properplanning.realestate. Um, and I will, you know, you can schedule a call with me and we can chat and I can help you grow your business. So I'm excited about that. That's a great domain. I love it. <laughs> just, uh, I, love, I love domains that just tell you what's happening in the title. You know, just leave no guesswork. <laughs> Rihanna, I've had a lot of fun speaking to you today. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Um, really, enjoyed really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And I hope you've all enjoyed it, folks, from wherever you're watching on, on whatever platform. If you have enjoyed it, please like, share and subscribe. And if you think that you know someone that could get some value out of this episode, tag them, pass it on to them. That will help more people. And in fact, you have helped someone else as well. So, Rihanna, thanks for joining me. Take care, everyone. Bye.